This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. Hi, this is Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group with the Week in Review for Friday, September 3rd, 2010. It's been a busy week on the ACH fraud front. This week, the Catholic Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa, fell victim to a $600,000 ACH fraud scheme, adding the church to the growing list of businesses and entities that have suffered huge losses as a result of ACH breaches. The church says it was victimized by criminals who illegally obtained its banking information in order to transfer funds to numerous money mules across the United States on August 13th and August 16th. Bankers Trust of Des Moines contacted the church about the breach on August 17th. The bank shut down all relevant bank accounts, and to date, approximately $180,000 has been recovered. How the criminals got the diocese's banking credentials is not fully known, but the church says it does not suspect the breach occurred internally. Now, after this short break, I'll be right back with the rest of our top news for the week. Are you responsible for your institution's compliance program? Do ATM fraud, ACH fraud, and online fraud keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the BankInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit BankInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. In addition to the diocese breach this week, we also saw the final settlement with a card network in the widely publicized Heartland Payment Systems breach. After already settling with MasterCard, Visa, and American Express, Heartland has reached a settlement with Discover, this time for $5 million. The settlement with Discover relates to Heartland's 2008 data breach. The payments processor had its network tacked by a group of cyber criminals led by Albert Gonzalez. The massive breach compromised 130 million debit and credit cards and has set a precedent in the payments industry for prosecution of cyber criminals and new regulatory guidance. Beyond breaches, this week also highlighted some positive movement in emerging technology. Mobile technology, to be exact. Bank of America, a pioneer in the mobile banking arena, shared some of its perspective about mobile initiatives, growth of the mobile channel, and the massive consumer adoption expected to hit mobile in the near future. B of A Senior Vice President of Mobile Channel Planning and Design, Mark Warshawski, had this to say about what the country's mobile banking leader is doing. Uh, Bank of America launched mobile banking in May 2007, with our mobile web service. With this service, customers can conduct their most common financial transactions uh, while on the go, including checking balances, making transfers, and paying bills. We then followed up with our downloadable applications, uh, starting with the iPhone in May 2008, uh, added the Android in October 2008, and the BlackBerry in January 2009. Uh, In fact, we just launched a new app for the Palm device uh, just a few weeks ago. And then finally, there's our text banking service. Uh, This launched in late May of this year, and here customers can send short text commands to Bank of America and receive back account balances and recent transaction information, all via text message. Um, Overall, I'd say our strategy continues to be shaped by uh, what our customers are saying and asking for uh, and making sure that we're driving uh, value and convenience uh, for those customers. Skimming. It's not going away, and its growth at the ATM, at the point of sale, and pay at the pump is obvious. This week, managing editor Linda McGlasson takes a thorough look at this growing epidemic, highlighting trends, a skimming breach timeline of events, and a list of quick tips every institution should follow to help foil skimming attacks. So far for the year, some 40 incidents of skimming or POS attacks have already been reported. 
And Linda Foley, executive director of the Identity Theft Research Center, says that number is probably low, given that the vast majority of incidents are never reported. And we wrap up the week with two blogs, one highlighting the success of a California law aimed at curbing financial elder abuse, and another showcasing the significant vulnerabilities U.S. cardholders expose themselves to on a daily basis. California's Financial Abuse Reporting Act, which requires employees of banks and credit unions to report suspected financial elder abuse, recently saved some seniors in San Jose from a lot of financial loss. The law, which took effect in 2007, has led to a criminal case against a former San Jose bank manager who is expected to spend six years in state prison after pleading guilty to embezzling more than $550,000, primarily from elderly bank clients. And what about those signature debit transactions? Sure, they carry higher interchange fee income for banks and credit unions, but they are also much more susceptible to fraud. Getting some perspective from a European visitor on how baffling signature debit transactions seem to the outside world gives this blogger cause to pause for some reflection. That's this week's Week in Review. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. Have a great week. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.bankinfosecurity.com.